The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. <laughs> Dave is balancing the microphone on his nose like a seal. Or, or, or. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah, you like that one? Yeah, not really. No. Are you going to take that one on the road? Well, now that you've made me hold the mic because, yeah. uh, well, the networks said that I wasn't coming. It was to... the suits. They told you <laughs> yeah. you had to do right. it. The suits from the network said I got to hold the mic. They came here, watched us do the show, right. and, and said, said, I see the problem. <laughs> right, right. Dave's not <laughs> holding the mic. So now I got to hold the mic, and quite frankly, I have a tension span of a gnat, you so know, I have to play with them. The part of that whole day was uh, them realizing that it's not my fault. It's your fault. And and that's really what we're looking for. Yeah, but there was definitely a pretty good chunk of condescension to uh, for you, but pointed at you as well. Oh no question, <laughs> so, no question. So no, you are not. Yeah, yeah. They talked to me like I was a five year old. Right, exactly. Now, Rick, this is a computer. Right, USB. Can you say USB? <laughs> good boy. Good boy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. But we love Radio Misfits Podcast Networks and all yes, the guys that came here, the suits yeah. from New York. Right. Coming in. And, and Opie Productions. Yes, and, which is hippo and backwards. Yes, it is. Yeah, oh, right. very good. Um, big news in Chicago for the Chicago Cubs. Have you know, Did you see this uh, story here? Are we talking about the uh, five out of six wins out of the uh, All-Star break? No, I was talking no. about the oversized, can we call him fat? Because he is kind of a fat guy, right? Fat is such a strong term. <laughs> okay. Guy named Mai Tai Guy, right? Oh, Mai Tai Guy, the, right. the home run catcher. Right. So for yes. those of you who haven't seen this video, uh, was it Kyle Schwarber who hit the walk-off homer? Yep. Walk-off homer. Cubs won the game this past week. Yeah. And the ball landed in that basket right, right in front of uh, left field bleachers. And a little kid was right there. <laughs> And was reaching down for it, and Mike Tai guy just kind of stormed in, grabbed it right out of his hand. Yes! Yes! And Mike Tai guy is what, 30, 35 maybe? I think he's, he's probably older than that. Yeah. He's maybe 40. Um, and Mike Tai guy has kind of become a celebrity. A, a, a viral and, villain, right? Uh, yeah, and, and I've seen him interviewed, or I heard him yeah. interviewed, and he basically is like, hey, it's every man for himself. <laughs> You know that if it's a foul ball, sure, I'll I'll give it to the kid. Yeah, but, but this was a game-winning home run. Well, he's got a point there. Too. Yeah. Well, adults do stupid things for free stuff. Oh right? yeah. Well, you ever go to Costco? Yes. And they're giving away the samples at Costco. Oh sure. Oh, I've seen like a, a soccer, you know, hooligan type fights over a pot sticker. Exactly. That's my piece of cheese. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I have been here for I, you don't know how much I love Gouda. Right. I love Gouda. Right. Right. And this thing that I don't even know what the hell is, I'm gonna wait for twenty two minutes to get it. You know, uh, my son Sean and his buddy. Uh, I sent them to the game this week. I saw the Facebook. Did the they week. drive? No, they couldn't. No, they uh, took the Metro. Okay. And got off right by your house. Okay. And then took the bus. Good for them. And then on the way back, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. So, you know, they're 16, uh, 17 yeah. years yeah. old, and they're trying to, this is their first time on their own doing yeah. something like that. And it's, you know, that's, that's a big an deal. adventure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Sean calls me up on the way home. He's like, all right, I'm 100%, we're on the bus. I'm not 100% sure where the stop is. I said, well, where are you? He said, I think we're almost at Ashland. Okay. I said, okay, well, it's further than that. He goes, well, the next one on the list here is 43rd Street. 
Oh boy, wrong side of the city. Now he was looking at the wrong map. Okay, on the right. bus, which but I was like, oh my god, right. you have no idea how how wrong that is, right? And how and that was after the game too. Right? Yeah, so that would have been like ten thirty. It at was night. like midnight. Yeah, in a really sketchy part of town. Very sketchy, right? So, well, I'm glad that he just misread the. Well, you must have been petrified when you heard that right away i, I did have like a yeah. little ping like oh my god i'm getting in the car i'm gonna you know go, you know find a bench <laughs> you know i don't know what to do <laughs> yeah so anyway well congratulations on your club and my tie guy is you know pretty typical of your fan base I oh think. that's not very nice right. um, we're all very nice people uh speaking of nice people yeah we're going right into minutia no we? no yeah. i was gonna say about your club 400 event tonight Oh, okay. Uh, this will air after it's over, so I don't think it's going to be a problem. But Stuart McVicker yes. uh, has this unbelievable Cubs basement. I can't wait to see it. Um, I will report uh, next oh, week. Oh, and, yeah. and even as a you know petty Sox fan, Cub-hating guy like myself, yeah. I, was, it was, I was absolutely just... Blown away. Blown away by it. I mean, it is... It is like the coolest Cub bar. And he calls it Club 400. Right. I right. would assume because. And he also that. does a podcast, right. a Cubs podcast, a very popular Cubs right. podcast. So we'll be happy to have him on and we talk Cubs and vice versa. I think he's going to have you you on his podcast. And tonight he's got, he's got uh, Wilson Contreras coming out and, his, right. and Carlos Zambrano. Right, who are from the same town, I guess. Well, they're from they're both Venezuelan. I know that. How big could Venezuela possibly be? Exactly. Uh, so, yes. they. But what I wanted to bring is this guy is not only does he have the coolest basement ever he's very charitable and this is all raising money for kids that are sick yeah and um so yeah and, and, and he's and he's and he's giving away 200 some copies of, of cub sessions cub sessions right. which is a book that we and published. that's why i was there over the weekend because i was dropping off the book randy and, and, and we're going to be doing another event in the future yes, for every cub ever every cub ever so so we love him <laughs> absolutely we love but him. you are going you're never going to leave his base i know so. i can't right, wait right and i met his wife and i'm and i you are the coolest <laughs> wife and, and she kind of rolled her eyes like yeah i know yeah, yeah. Uh, someone's just put up with it my wife uh, allows me to put stuff in the garage <laughs> Yeah. Which is not attached to the house, right? But it's actually not even your garage; it's the Rabinowitz's <laughs> three three doors down. Uh, but no, this cub basement, and I'm sure if you Googled Club 400, you would see pictures of this. Thing. Right. I mean, it's just great. So have a good time. I can't wait. Yeah, whatever. But I do have some minutia. All right, lay it on me. Now, I don't usually judge other parents for bad making bad parental decisions. You shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> because well, I'm you know I'm not betting a thousand in that department <laughs> yeah. if you know what I'm saying. However, I believe. This one is judge-worthy. Okay. Okay. Um, Illinois mom arrested for driving her two kids around in an inflatable pool on the roof of her car. Oh, my God. Not No, this is not Florida, although I imagine this woman has Florida ties. Yeah. You know, she's either... This is in Illinois. This is our is home state. Dixon, Illinois. A mother in Illinois faces charges. That's, yeah, that's where Ronald Reagan was born. That, yeah, that could be relative. A mother in Illinois faces charges... After police say she was driving her two kids around in an empty inflatable pool that was terrible. There wasn't even water in it? <laughs> no, no. There was nothing to even cushion the blow yeah, if they yeah. fell off of it. Jennifer Janice Yeager, 49, was charged of two counts 
of endangering the health and life of her child and two counts of reckless conduct. She was also cited for failure to secure a passenger under the age of eight and <laughs> under the age of 60. Now, that's kind of just piling on. Yeah, there. That's, you're right. Yeah, that's uh, the cop just kind of being a dick. <laughs> a concerned citizen called the Dixon Police Department after seeing this and she got arrested. <laughs> There's a what? Yeah. There's right. a woman but, driving around with her kids in a pool uh, on uh, the uh, roof uh, of uh, their uh, car. And remember the outrage with Mitt Romney putting his dog up there? Yeah. You know, um, this actually reminds. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I feel bad for the kids. I mean, they didn't even water in there. Yeah, well, I know. That but, must not even have been any fun. But you know, they were just having the time of their lives. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the time of their lives. But this does, this story does remind me of a time when my kids were little, when I became very, very this close to becoming a viral sensation. Oh, okay. oh, I'd like to hear this. Um, so this, the twins, God, they, two and a half or three, maybe okay. you know, something really, really little. And they and one of them, I don't remember which one it was, the one that will forever almost have died, gave me one of those candy. Remember those candy tubes? Kind of like a pixie stick, but they had liquid in it. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. whatever, when we were kids. Yeah. So she gives me one of them, and she couldn't get the top off of it. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I get it, and I'm trying to undo the top. And I'm like, what? God, this is ridiculous. Who's going to ever. And then I realized it was a glow stick. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, so right. I almost now put it put it right in your mouth, honey. <laughs> yeah, right, right, suck that down. Right, suck it down. Right, right. don't leave a drop. It's good. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. Well, I've got a story that is going to gross you out. Uh, this is a Toledo, Ohio story. The Toledo, Ohio strip club is cleaning out its old furniture. Couch, Was it the White Swallow? Uh, <laughs> very funny. Couch dance furniture. This is, you know, you go oh. back into the room. The yeah, VIP yeah, I've never room. been to one, but yeah, sure. <laughs> they have couches there. Right. And apparently your your uh, patrons <laughs> sit on the couches right. and the, the strippers dance right. for you there. Right. And things happen. <laughs> right. Things <laughs> happen. Um, but they were giving away, they're giving away their furniture for free. But here's the thing. All right, they put it at the end of the curb, and this is what the actual sign on the furniture mm-hmm. said. Curb alert. Scarlet's Cabaret Telegraph and Alexis. Former couch dance furniture put out to pasture. Warning. May have stained unknown <laughs> bodily fluids. Oh. Use at your own risk. Oh God! <laughs> and I bet you know what, honey. I got a, I got some great news for you. Well, you got to get one of those and bring it to Club Four Hundreds. Oh, uh, yeah. basement tonight. Uh, you know what it made me think of though? It made me think of a story that I read. Um, I, you know, a Rolling Stones fan. Yeah, There's a cool. book about the Rolling Stones, and it's called uh, "A Journey Through America with the Stones." Excuse me. It's all about their trip, their uh, tour in 1972. Okay. And in 1972, they stayed at the Playboy Mansion. Okay. Sure. On State Street, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is you know at that time it was before right. Hef moved out to L.A. It was where all the happening people. We would not have been invited to any of those parties at the Playboy. No. Right. No. Uh, here is how it is described in the book uh, through America: the couches pulse with women. In the nights to come, the Stones will have their own man on the door selecting talent. 
But tonight the gathering is official. Mostly bunnies, ex-playmates, future playmates, glossy four-color ladies with polished faces and made-up eyes. None of your New York City darkness here. No clean Puritan New England faces or spaced-out California smiles. These ladies are the real thing. Products of the heartland. <laughs> okay. USA. <laughs> USA. Now, that's one end of it. Right, yeah, the other okay. end of it, uh, Bill Zamey, who's a friend of mine, I've met right. you know, many times, oh, a writer. Get, yeah, we should get him yeah, on. Sure. He'd be great. He wrote a book called Hef's Little Black Book. Okay. And in there, there's a memo from Hef after the visit. Now, <laughs> this is pretty funny. Is there an upholstery bill in there? Right. For your information, the following is a list of damage that resulted from the visit of the Rolling Stones. The white rug in the red and blue room bathroom was burnt and needed to be replaced. The toilet seat was also burnt and needed to be replaced. Two bath mats and four towels were also burnt. The red room chair and couch are stained. Possibly to the point of needing reupholstering. Red room bedspread, badly stained. We were hoping this will all come out in the cleaning. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So I guess Mick and the boys <laughs> had a pretty good time back in 1972 <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah, so that, that's my story. Uh, you know what else you'll have a good time with? What? That was, that's called the segue in the Oh, piece. very nice. Uh, there's a new show oh, on the oh. Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and uh, Tony Lasano are... What would Tony is Tony our commander? Yeah, he's well. He's the uh, executive producer yeah, of the show. He's commander. Um, he is relaunching Nude Hippo the podcast, and this is like a one-on-one uh, interview show. Okay. Um, and he's the first guest is going to be uh, Ryan Shiverini of uh, Windy City mm-hmm. Live. I think that's how you pronounce his name. And he's going to be doing a lot, uh, you know like more like direct uh, one-on-one interviews. If you ever listen to his. Lasano and Friends podcast. It's There's usually like four people, and yeah. right, it's a free for all. And, uh, and this is going to be more one on one type stuff. Yeah. So, so we wish him the best on that show. Tony's a great producer, and he uh, has a lot of great guests. I'm sure that'll be. I'm sure he's as well. got lots of connections. Do you have Do you have a Hebrew version of Jenkins by any chance? Um, no, but you know what? As long as I'm put, pulling Jenkins out. The man who produces these uh, these little vignettes for us. We'll be on later on in the show. Uh, his name is Vince Argento. He's going to be our guest today, and uh, and we're going to talk to him all about some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so our audio man. But first of all, here's Jenkins. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. Uh, okay. This is Just One Bad Century <laughs> with Rick and Dave. That is also <laughs> a, a, a jiggle that he that did. That is also Vince. I just wanted to show you the, <laughs> the full the range. Breadth. Yeah. Of what, what Vince can do. Um, and, you know, uh, there's also... You have one see. job. You have one job. <laughs> and I was just being I was just being cocky earlier yeah, yeah. about... When you're uh, on the job there. and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With well, Rick and Dave. Evid- Jenkins! Okay, stop. That's Ev- Vince. Evidently, um, in Israel... Yeah. Uh, political ads can be a little mean too. Really? Yeah. Evidently, it's not just an American phenomenon. All right. So Ahad Barak, you know, former um, sure. prime minister. Right. Israel, um, it was poking fun at Prime Minister Benjamin Net- Netanyahu. Okay. So evidently, it came out in the news that Netanyahu doesn't have a credit card. Oh. Well, okay. I mean, does so, Trump have a credit card? I don't know. They carries cash around. <laughs> it's called or? America. Yeah. That's his <laughs> credit <I'm> sh- card. <laughs> uh, so uh, Barack, yeah, 
made made fun of him. And what he what he did is he him and his campaign team went to a falafel stand in Tel Aviv. Okay, this is this is racist. <laughs> he went to a falafel stand <laughs> in Tel Aviv on the corner of King George and Shlomo Hamlach. <laughs> is that for real? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> on Monday, his team filmed him filmed him paying with his own credit card, getting a big. Well, you like falafel, right? Oh, sure, of yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he buys a, you know, a, a, a falafel maybe with some hummus. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> tahini yeah. sauce yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and mocking him. Like, look, I got a credit card. <laughs> you know, and they made a big deal out of it. A little problem, though. What's that? Uh, the, <laughs> that they, uh, when they filmed it, his credit card number was shown on the screen. So he, I, I, I haven't seen the video, but it was probably like, look, look here, I got a credit card, and he's like uh-huh, holding it to yeah. the camera. So of course, every, Jenkins. <laughs> so everybody, so everybody stops it, you know, the screenshot, and starts using his credit card. Oh wow! Right. So, uh, <laughs> so you're saying Netanyahu got the last laugh? I, I, on this I one. think so too, and maybe even stole his credit card number too. <laughs> there. So there you go. Okay. Now I know you've heard this uh, audio before, mm. but how would you like to hear it again? Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century. With Rick and Dave. So, you know, every week we talk about Cubs uh, because there's a book out called we sure do. Cub Ever, yes. which is a very yes. successful yes. book yes. that uh, who wrote, how I wrote it, and it's, uh, it's doing very well. Um, and so we talk about the Cubs to talk about the book, which is available at everycubever.com. And Dave is the publisher of this book and is making money on it mm-hmm. and still hates it. You know, I am who I am. I, I'm not a sellout. Yeah, no, I guess that's true. You know, you, yeah. you, you know, you can, we all have to sing for our supper, but I don't have to necessarily like singing. Okay, but all right. No, it's fine. Well, so I've this is kind of a big week in, in Cub lore. Uh, we lost, we lost a, a famous Cub player. We lost a famous Cub fan. Mm-hmm. And it's the birthday of a, a cub that I want to tell you about. Okay. So I, can I tell you about all three of them? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go grab a sandwich. <laughs> no, you know these. You know you know two of the three of these, all okay. right? Uh, yesterday, it was, we're taping this on Thursday, Ernie Brolio passed away. He was traded for Lou Brock, right? Yes. Right. Uh, Brolio's name has kind of become a punchline, but he was actually a pretty good pitcher with the Cardinals. Mm. He was a 20-game winner. Uh, he actually won 18 games just the year before the Cubs acquired him. He won four games with the Cubs, but he never liked playing for the Cubs because he didn't. He felt that the uh, the day games, the, the hitters saw the ball too well, so he didn't enjoy it. Then he also blew out his elbow, so he only won three more games over the next two years. So if, in total for Lou Brock, and I'm not sure what happened to him. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't really follow yeah, yeah. the Cardinals. Uh, he won seven full games in his entire career. In in the three years that the Cubs had him. Wow. And you Darvish just won his first game for the Cubs at home in a year and a half, right? Yeah. Okay. It's it's Darvishy. Okay. It <laughs> yeah, was yeah, Darvishy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah. want to figure out what it sounds like. All right. Also, Justice John Paul Stevens, yeah. a famous uh, Supreme Court Supreme Justice, Court or... Justice, huge Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, passed away. Mm-hmm. I now, you know, I'm not going to talk about his uh, judicial record. You know, who cares? Right, yeah, right. <laughs> the more important yeah. thing 
was he was born they in got Chicago. interns doing all that stuff <laughs> right, anyways exactly. he's, they're, they're, really? he's not even writing anything who even knows what they I, who cares yeah they wear the role big deal uh, he uh was from chicago actually was a very rich kid in chicago his father uh built the uh the Stevens Hotel, which is now known as the Hilton. Oh, geez. Okay. So it was a big deal. And there's actually statues there in that hotel of two little boys um, in the lobby. And one of, one those of them is really okay. is Justice He was 99? He was 99 years yeah. old. He was born in 1920. And he just retired when? Uh... And he retired uh, in 2010. So t- till 90. He... Yeah. But he was at the 1932 World Series as a 12-year-old kid in the first row because his dad was a big Mm -hmm. shot, and he saw Babe Ruth's called shot. And he kept score uh, of that game on a scorecard and kept it. Wow. And if you went in his Supreme Court office, and I know people that did this, he had it framed and on the wall of his office there. Wow, wow. And he was in. He, he had came back to Chicago several times, as recently as I think 2005. Threw out the first pitch as an 85 year old man threw a strike. Right. right, right. And you know, so I mean, he w- all respect. Yeah, absolutely. To Justice John Paul Stevens. Now let me tell you about Larry McLean because <laughs> this is the kind of story that you get in every cup ever that you're going to absolutely love. All right, he had a 13 year big league career, but he played exactly one game for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. All right, he went 0 for 4 with a walk. Okay. Uh, he the walk he got a, a base loaded walk so he got an RBI. Too. Okay, one game, only game. He was a catcher, six foot five, tallest catcher in the history of baseball, tied with many others, but tallest catcher in the history currently of still. Yeah, oh really? Okay, six foot five. Unfortunately, Larry was also known as a bit of a drinker <laughs> and a brawler. Yeah, yeah, his career ended after he got into a fight with his Giants manager John McGraw. And his life ended when he got into a bar fight in 1921. A bartender in Boston got upset with him, shot him dead. Really? Larry was 39 years old. Oh, well, that sucks. Those are the kinds of uplifting stories you can find in every cup ever. So we're not going to get him to hold. No. A, a, every he cup will ever never be in the book or never be photographed right. holding the book. All right, so anyway, that's uh, every cup ever for this week. Uh, we also have another feature. Oh, we just a random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Yeah, the, amount of con- the amount of content we give these people. That's Vince again. Yeah, right. Vince. And you know, Rick, um, yeah. Did any of our listeners pay for this content? They didn't. It's, yeah, free. it's free. It's free. It's, it's free. almost not fair. You know, and you can subscribe. All you got to do is press a button. You can go on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. You can go on Stitcher or Google Play. You can uh, go Podbean. You're uh, robbing yeah, us. I, right now, you're robbing us. Right. And we're fine with it. We're totally fine yeah, with what it. What have you done for us? <laughs> uh, I've, oh, this is now. This is certainly... Um, this is timely okay. because of the Yesterday movie, the Beatles Yesterday movie. Oh, yeah. Um, which I saw, which was fantastic. It was, it was really good. Yeah. Um, Pete Best. Okay. Pete Best. So I've only met two Beatles in my life, mm-hmm. Ringo Starr mm-hmm. and Pete Best. All right. The two drummers. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Now, they had slightly different <laughs> career arts. Yeah. 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 Trajectories. <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine how excited I was to meet Pete Best, sure. right? I actually have his picture right here in my office. It says to uh, Rick and John, WJMK, best wishes Pete Best. 
uh, autographed picture of him in the Beatles with the other three guys, uh, John Paul George. Yeah, I don't know what, uh, what happened to them. Whatever. They, they were the uh, Ernie Broglios of the Beatles. They music, really were. Musicians. So uh, Pete Best came out with a book while I was still Landegger's producer, so we're talking like early 2000s. And it was a photo book of all the photos that his mother took. Mm-hmm. His mother was a big part of the beginning of that band. They let her, she let them play there at her, her cafe. She and probably stuff and, drove them around. And yes, stuff and all she that. was a big part yeah. of the band. Um, and I got a call from a guy who was publishing that book, or you know, somehow involved mm-hmm. with the publishing, who invited me to come meet Pete Best because he knew I was a big Beatles fan. So I went to this signing, and it was like in. Lamont or Lombard mm-hmm. or something, whatever. Um, and Pete Best was there. And I went up and got him to mm-hmm. autograph this. And then I had a, I, I'd say about a two or three minute conversation with him. I couldn't understand a word he said, probably. I couldn't uh, understand a yeah, word he said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. understand him at all. Yeah. His, his, his uh, Liverpool accent is right. so thick. Right, right, right. That it was like listening to Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> And it was really embarrassing because he would like, huh? With like an obvious question mark at the end. And I'd be like, like, "Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. So anyway, that might be best. Do you ever think that Paul or John or Ringo would call up Pete Best when they were like at the height of their career (laughs) and go, hey, Pete, what are you doing? Yeah. Hello, wait, hold on a second. Uh, uh, honey, can you move a little bit to the left? <laughs> right, right, right. How are you, Pete? Yeah, yeah. Pete, yeah, how's your job at the Postal? <laughs> As a postal, wasn't he a postman or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. He had a bakery for a while. It's it's rough. It's <laughs> yeah. got to be rough. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know how he did it. Yeah. It had to be rough because he, he was fired like moments before right. they, they went, you know, yeah, international. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. All right. Eh. It's time to bring in the man who does this voice. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. All right. You've heard his voice on this show. You've heard his voice on this show every every week. And if you're in Chicago, you hear his voice all the time. Yeah, on like every radio, uh, yeah. like you, you constantly hear What What radio stations can you now be heard on, Vince? I am on WLS AM, WLS FM, and 101 WKQX. That's it? Just three? Just three now. We lost the loop, so uh, oh, yeah. that, was, that was my fourth. Oh, you mean the Christians don't want you to be doing stuff anymore on the uh, on the loop? They was. I, I, I kind of missed what you said there. I said, oh, since the loop became a Christian station, they, 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 they canned you, basically? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, I never worked for them, I, yeah. so they didn't get to fire me. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, Vince is Vince and I have known each other. For what, like thirty years now? It's got to be close to thirty years. But Vinny, yeah, absolutely. Tell the story of the day that we met, or you know, I guess we didn't meet officially. But t- tell us, the, because there's a couple of funny stories. Vince and I were uh, we worked together at the Loop. Why don't you tell us how you got into the Loop in the first place? Well, uh, I was a fan of Stephen Gary, and uh, used to listen every single day after school, and heard on the air that they were losing their their errand boy their sandwich boy and i thought that sounds perfect for me <laughs> that's a court there that's a career goal that uh, that i that i still have actually i had you know i had no intention of actually getting into radio i just wanted to be a part of the Stephen gary show uh so uh i called the hotline and uh rick kemper answered the phone and gave me all the information I needed to get <laughs> to get a letter to the right people, which 
you know, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I sent it right to Gary. See? Yeah, I, you know, uh, I was just helping a random listener. It ended up being one of my my best pals for life. Did you send Absolutely. like a Did you send a Reuben or something as <laughs> in, with your resume or a good uh, good no, brisket it, it, sandwich or anything? More just a just an absolutely straightforward letter, plain paper. I think I typed it out and then but but I thought it was really cool because I said, I'm going to follow up with you in a week if I don't hear back. Oh, good for you. <laughs> oh, very professional. Good closing. Nice. <laughs> you were like how and, old were you? Uh I think almost 18. Okay. Right. 18ish. So 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 Vince then gets the job. He gets the job as the sandwich boy. Were there and anybody else applying for the sandwich? I, I don't know because I was leaving the show. This is okay. right when I All left right. the show for the first time. Okay, um, and I said you know goodbye. And I, that's probably why I was helping Vince the candidly because I'm like yeah, fine. yeah. <laughs> you know. right. Sure, right. kid, you want yeah. in on this? Go right ahead. <laughs> but anyway, so we didn't work together on Stephen Gary's show except for about. 45 seconds. Let me tell that story because I got called back to the show. The guy that they hired to produce the show after me did not work out. And uh, and he seemed he was a nice guy, Phil. Uh, his name was Phil. Um, oh yeah, Phil. Phil Inzinga. And he actually Phil Nzinga. Went, he went on to become a uh, radio personality in Oklahoma. He's uh, like a morning guy in Oklahoma. He's a nice guy. No kidding. Yeah. Nice. But anyway, so Phil gets fired, and they call me back and say, we need you to, uh, while we find somebody else, will you please produce the show again? Please, just help us out. Like, okay, sure. So they were actually nice to you at that point? At that point, they were, yes. So I came back to help out, and Vince walks in, the new sandwich boy walks in, and into the the producer's booth, and he was a few moments late, and the show was already in progress, and Steve looks over and goes, hey, didn't we fire that guy? (laughs) And then, then like, five seconds later, what happened, Vince? What happened? Steve looks right at me and says, hey, didn't we fire that guy? And the phone rings, and it's Steve's business manager. Swifty. Swifty. And he asks for me and says, come on down. We need to talk. And that was it. And you, you got <laughs> and, and you got And you got whacked? <laughs> he got whacked. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Oh. I, I think it was, it was, I had only been there for about a month. Yeah, I think it was three weeks. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, I was getting paid four dollars and twenty five cents an hour, yeah. <laughs> which is illegal. To, even then. Yeah, right, right. To uh, run across the street and get uh, sandwiches, lots or, of mayo, or, right? Uh, lots of mayo. Nah, no mayo. <laughs> Inside and sandwich then, joke. Uh, but I did meet Swifty, and uh, I did meet uh, another person in the office who helped me get back in when I actually decided to get into radio. And transferred down to Columbia. So, so Vince. Then a- after I left again, Vince came back and was part of the show. <clears throat> we because I don't think we ever worked on the show at the same time, right? Nope, just for that forty-five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right before you got whacked, before Rick got you fired. So then Vince was there. He was there for a few years on Stephen Gary's show, and he became the technical producer. Okay. And he was self-taught, and all these things that he does for us, he started doing for them. And I went over and started working for John Records Landecker. And I remembered Vince. And I called Vince and I said, would you ever consider coming over 
to work for John Landecker. Was Vinny still with Stephen Gary at the time? He or? was. Okay, so yeah. you were luring him away. I, I was luring him away, but I knew a little bit about what that job was. And <laughs> yeah, I, right, right. And He's I, about ready now. He's about ready to leave, I'm sure. I knew it wouldn't take a, a huge <laughs> arm twisting to get him to come over. And then Vince became part of the Landecker right. show and was, the I think, the final element of the Landecker show that made us into uh, a very popular show. And the show ran for 10 years. 10 years later. And the entire show got whacked. Ten years later, except for Vince. <laughs> Vince, Vince is the cockroach in a nuclear war. But while we, we need, were there. We uh, need somebody that can press buttons for a couple hours every day. While we were there at Landecker's show, you met Dave. Yes. And, and, and Dave and Vince and I. And Dave we, got you fired in 45 <laughs> seconds. We became, <laughs> we became pals and we started a business called uh, Amish Chicago Advertising. We ran an advertising agency together for about 10 years. Right. <clears throat> and we actually won radio commercial of the year a couple years in a row. Yes, and, and we so, had a very successful company. Right. And while we were there, uh, Dave and I and Vince started doing bits. We wrote bits. For Landecker show, <clears throat> and which we... I'm still waiting for that check. <laughs> um, but a few of those have been saved, and I wanted to play a few of them, if you don't mind, Vince. I'd love to. I would love to. Yeah. These are now Vince is doing all the voices on these, and Vince does all the production. But Dave and I wrote the bits. <clears throat> this first one uh, is called uh, the Lone Roganger, <laughs> and it, it is about, uh, it was a lot funnier back then than it is now. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> I think at that time already, yeah, you yeah, guys, yeah. Uh, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, both Vince and Dave are, uh, yeah, but, uh, follically challenged, but you know, Vinny, you had a weird baldness trajectory. I mean, you would be bald for a while and then your hair would come back and then you'd yeah. be bald for a while. And then, do we? It was a, a weird cycle. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and still no, you know. That cycle has never, stopped now, hasn't it? It definitely stopped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's all gone now. But yeah, there was there was some weird, you know, New England Medical Journal thing that could have been done a case study on that because that was a weird thing. But John was, Landecker was a huge fan of the Lone Ranger, so so we wrote this bit knowing that John would love, and John also was losing his hair at the time, and we call it the, <laughs> the Lone Ranger. I'm going to play it for you right now. Honey. Do you think my comb over looks better this way? Or should I try it like the one Al Gore has? I don't know, Pierce. Let's see. Boy, I sure wish there was someone I could talk to. Put it in after. Uh, a right horse with a speed of light, a cloud of smoke, and a hearty centrum Sylvie. The Lone Rogangi. With his faithful Native American companion, Pepto, the daring and resourceful masked rider leads the fight against middle age. Nowhere in the pages of history can you find a greater champion of the baby boomer plight. The Lone Rokanger rides again. I'll get it. Hello, good citizen. I'm the Lone Rokanger, and this is my faithful Native American friend, Pepto. What seems to be the trouble? Well, uh, you see, I, uh, well, you know. No need, my balding friend. I see the trouble. What you need to do is puff up your frontal tuft like this and comb over using the traditional left-over-right method. See? Remember, a puddle looked like lake to man dying of thirst. That's right, Pepto. Honey, look! Oh, thank you, sir! Come on, Pepto. We're done here. Hi-ho, Centrum Silver! Away! Who was that masked man? 
I've learned another lesson from the Lone Roganger and his faithful Native American friend Pepto. Genius. Yes. Love that. Myrtle Tuft is such a Dave line. <laughs> Vince, I mean, that is just yeah, right. a, a amazing work. That's uh, <laughs> amazing writing. Well, I mean, just the just the uh, production elements. I, I, I haven't listened to that in 10 years, <laughs> and I'm blown away by it. It's really, really great. Oh, you know, and I remember when we had our company and Rick did all, or, uh, Vince did all the production, Yeah, he would do a spot and it's like okay that's perfect it's like no nah, you know what the cricket was a little off yeah, you know yeah, we that, need to get the cricket to be a little bit the wolf howl needs to be a <laughs> right, little exactly. bit louder no, it, Dave and I would Dave, Dave and I needed a coyote in every single piece <laughs> yeah, yeah, we would, we for would, a long time yeah we would hide a coyote yeah there's like a proctologist somewhere that has an ad with a coyote in the background <laughs> just for the hell of it okay now I want to display one more bit and I know Vinny you can't hear the bits I'm sorry but you that's you okay. you know them you know these bits. You play them every day probably <laughs> still, right? Uh, this last one was inspired by a, uh, 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 I guess you'd call it a field trip I went on with Tommy when he was a little boy. Tommy was like five or six years old, and we went to see Toy Story on Ice. And Tommy's question throughout the entire right. thing is like, why is this on ice? <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, really. <laughs> why is it on ice? And it, it was a great question. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, we were talking about how there were, you know, we could do any movie. It just started brainstorming. And we thought, what if we did Psycho, the movie Psycho on ice? And, I, and we'd make it into a musical. Psycho on Ice. Who doesn't? The musical. And from the twisted minds of Rick and Dave and the unbelievable talent of Vince Argento, I now present for you Psycho on Ice. <laughs> I am Norman Bates, the one that mother hates. I never have dates, so I ice skate. Norman Gates! Triple axle, I'll open the curtain <laughs> with my usual greeting, and blood will be spurting. A double let's and a flip as I wash away strife. <laughs> Stay away with me now! <laughs> <laughs> so freaking funny. Uh, oh yeah, my the, god. Uh, the imagery, you, 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 it's theater of the mind. <laughs> You are Shakespeare. <laughs> Starring Star Vince as Norman Bates. Mother <laughs> as, uh, and, and Janet Lee. Right, yeah, exactly. Very impressive. You pulled a hamstring uh, when you were doing those triple lines. Yeah, no, I, know. <laughs> I, I did, honestly, I did actually tear a vocal cord back when. <laughs> did you back really? In those days. Yeah. Wow. For this? I had to go see it. Uh, and I still see the same ENT just for, like to get checked up. Oh, wow. And all that. 
crazy stuff, but I mean, I've never it's never been a problem. Did you did, but, did you injure it on this bit? Was it this bit that made you? No, it was, it was me trying to do a Paul McCartney impersonation. It oh was yeah, a, uh, he's hard to sing. Yeah, <laughs> we just talked about uh, Paul uh, just a few minutes ago. Yeah, with yeah. Uh, about Pete Best. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, on our on our uh, earlier broadcast, uh, part of this broadcast. So Vinny, <clears throat> uh, you know Vince is Vince is a uh, legend in in Chicago radio now. as a production guru. He's as we mentioned, he's the production director of those radio stations. He worked with Jonathan Brammeyer for many years. Um, but uh, we're super proud to have him as part oh, of yeah. Minutia Men. And I'm sorry, he's le- he's leaving town this weekend. He's missing our garage poker game. Ugh, I know. Which uh, I think we've never played garage yeah. poker without Vince. It's going to be a sad, sad day. I'm I'm very sad to miss it. Well, we'll but, just have uh, to have it. We'll just have to have there, another. There one. will be more. I, I want to do a winter tournament at my house. Okay, okay great. You got a deal. But thanks again for coming on the show. Have a nice uh, trip to Wisconsin. Safe and, driving. Thank you. Thank you. Safe and, driving, thank you. buddy. And, and thanks uh, for having me. Absolutely. Take it easy, Vinny. All right, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Vinny. You know. Vinny of Vinny, Vinny. We love our Vinny. Vinny, uh, pretty much the nicest guy you're ever. Yeah. Seen. There's not a mean bone in Vinny's body. Yeah. Although, when you when he didn't wasn't getting a lot of sleep, remember when you guys... <laughs> he were, did well, get a little cranky Well, you two, so. both of you were, were kind of jags when you were producing Landeckers. Yeah. We, had, we were getting like eight hours of sleep a, a week. week. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He, but but a great guy. Ah, if Lovely like to, family. If you'd like to hear more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at uh, EckhartsPress.com. That's the company we own. Uh, also at ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. You can email us at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, the show has been produced by Tony Lasano of OpiShows.com. Opie, by the way, O-P-P-I-H-Shows.com. Uh, we are uh, distributed. By Ed Silla mm-hmm. of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Men. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I'm Howard Sudbury along with Steve Baskerville, and our podcast is Back to You. And this week we have the national anthem singer Jim Cornelison, and he's a fascinating guy. He really is because he uh, lets you know what it takes to do something like that. Here's a guy who performs in front of 150,000 people. And at one point, he performed at a place where the gentleman that he was singing for didn't listen. Hmm. We'll hear about that. That's on Back to You with Howard and Steve. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, was the smart car really all that intelligent? Plus trouble at the drive-in theater. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I have a lump in my testicles. <laughs> like uh, Tommy's testicular uh, cyst, we are the cyst that has grown off of Lasano and friends. <laughs> hey, if you like this type of content, look us up on RadioMisfits.com. That's and. Friends. I can't wait for 
all of the other members of the Radio Misfits podcast to hear their competition. You can find and friends on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes, and the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. So come meet your new friends, Tommy, Kimmy, Sam, right here with and friends. Me want you as friends. RadioMisfits.com.